dude, he had an axe and was just like, like bumping into people like, like, I don't know, like some fish out of water and people are just like falling on the ground and then you like chased him down the hall. That was the stupidest fight scene <laughs> I've ever seen. Welcome back to the What's Our Verdict TV podcast, where we fashion ourselves television judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with two of my co-hosts, Javier Ortiz. What is up, my nerds? And Ian Anderson. Some shit. All right. Today we'll be discussing the facts of Season 3, Episode 2 of Westworld. Keep in mind, this podcast is full of spoilers, so if you haven't watched the episode, pause the podcast now, go and watch it, and then come back. This week was mostly about Maeve, guys. A little bit about Bernard. Brought Stubbs back with the confirmation of his being a host. They led into that mostly at the end of last season, but I was really glad to see that they confirmed it. What did you guys think about this episode, Knee Jerk Reaction? Is anybody not a host now? Ooh, that's a great question that I want to talk a lot more about in a minute. <laughs> that was my big thing. And also I thought, do these things eat? That, sorry, that was like super random, but I feel like that would be a good way to tell if you were a host or not. Have so, you eaten a meal ever? So they can. They do have all the anatomy uh, that would allow them to, but I don't think they need to. Okay. Because I, I feel like that ever, would be a clue. Yeah, it's a fair point. I don't think they've ever touched on it, though. Those were my two takeaways. <laughs> I love it. Javier, what about you? Um, I Compared to the season premiere, I was kind of unimpressed by this episode. Because last episode was actually really good. You know when we were recording Bloodshot, and at one point you're like, you audibly sighed because of the jokes they were making? I think I had like four moments like that watching this where I'm just like, really, this is this is not great. So I I wasn't impressed. Fair enough. So for me, this episode was simultaneously frustrating as all hell. But at the same time, by the end of it, I was extremely satisfied and loved it. And I think the reason for that is throughout the first part of this episode, I found myself literally getting irritated because the writing seems so bad. I was sitting here going, this is a show that for me, the writing has been spectacular for two seasons, nonstop, just perfect writing. And I was like, what the fuck just happened to my show? And some examples of this. So at the beginning when Maeve wakes up and they run her and Hector's there and they run past all the soldiers, she's wearing fucking heels. They're on a cobblestone street in a courtyard surrounded by buildings. The echo would be absolutely astounding. And yet no soldiers looked. They didn't find her anything like that so that was one thing that just drove me crazy i was like what and then why did she not have her powers anymore so i was really frustrated by that and then what was wrong with felix and sylvester she wakes up grabs a hold of felix's hand and he looks at her like who the hell what the hell's going on And i'm like dude he was absolutely infatuated and this was like she was like his pet project for two seasons what the hell just happened to felix and then sylvester sees her and calls security i was like now hold on <laughs> These two guys were with her for two seasons, and now all of a sudden they're not. So I was really confused and getting frustrated. So finally, how the and then I finally Sizemore walks in, right? Lee Sizemore. I was like, "How the hell is he still alive?" That dude got riddled with bullets at the end of last season. Yeah, I was confused by that too. Yeah, and then he, I was like, and I was happy. Like I looked over at Casey, I was like, first of all, how the fuck is Sizemore back?" But I'm really happy he is because I love that character. And then so I was really frustrated. I was like, "Damn it, how, you you just couldn't." let him be dead right so all of these things led to me being super frustrated but then the moment that twisted around for me and i was like oh shit i should have seen this coming that it was all a simulation 
And when they're in the forge, when Sizemore and Maver in the forge, and the letterbox that as- the ratio, the aspect ratio shrunk down into letterbox, my brain went, "Oh shit, it's a simulation!" Because that's how they showed in season two that this was all simulations. Mm. So when they shrunk that down and the music got all dramatic, I was like, "Oh fuck, they got me!" And it's not often that they do. Because <laughs> and then I looked the second watching, I was like, "Fuck, I should have seen all of that shit." Yeah, it, it's very obvious, like through a second watch, seeing that, like, especially I, I couldn't help but wonder, looking back, like where all the park um, attendees were like during at War World, because everybody's just got their hands up or they're a German. I was like, well, there's not really a lot of options for park attendees here. So that's a great point. And I didn't notice that they were all hosts in the war world yeah until you just said that that's something else i completely missed there were no actual humans in there that also should have dawned on me that we were in a simulation well played sir i didn't do jj you straight up called it though when you're like we we're gonna be out of the little nazi world in one c in one episode and yep you called it one episode that's all it took to get out of there Yeah. So the other note that I have and kind of leaning into that point, Javier, is that this episode to me was also like a nod to all of the bit favorite characters. So you have Felix, Sizemore, uh, Sylvester all rolled up into the, this episode that you at least got to see all. And and then Hector, you got to see all these fan favorite characters that I guarantee we're not going to see again in this show, at least for this season, because we're going to head out of the park after this, I think, and I don't think we go back to the park, at mm. least not for this season. So I looked at it as here's a nod to all of the fan favorites. They were able to bring it out in a very smart way that allowed us to enjoy and learn about where Maeve's at and still progressed the real world story, but in a way that let us touch on those things. And then, of course, there's the cameo for Game of Thrones. Did you guys catch that? I didn't catch it until afterwards when it was like, oh, that was a Game of Thrones cameo. Oh, the dragon. Of course, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I'm the same way. I never watched Game of Thrones. And I'm like, what the hell's a dragon doing here? And yeah, that kind (laughs) of makes a little bit more sense of retrospect. But I was pissed. I'm not going to lie to you. They came around the corner and I saw Dan and Dave. And I was like, and you guys heard me talk about this when we did uh, Gemini Man, because one of them wrote, co-wrote Gemini Man. As right. soon as I saw him, I was like, get them the fuck out of my show. They ruined my other favorite show and get them out of this show. Though I did laugh at the fact that they were trying to sell the dragon off in parts to somebody in Costa Rica. <laughs> that did make the, the dialogue made me laugh, but I was pissed. No expense was spared for that dragon. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the Jurassic. jeez. <laughs> oh, Every time, Javier. Every time. It just Every always time. fits, man. It's not my fault that the movie is brilliant. <laughs> you definitely won't let us forget that, though. No. So something else I did like with this episode is the fact that this whole thing is a test for Maeve. Mm. And for two reasons, right? One, he he originally, so when she gets out and she's talking to Serac, he indicates that he originally thought that what the system had caught as one of these hosts that was going to come in and start this war was going to be her because of her ability to control the hosts and her, all of the things that she's able to do her high level of intelligence. And then it dawned on him that this was Dolores and she realized it almost instantly when he tells her, I thought it was you. She's like, Oh fucking Dolores. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really intrigued by the fact that this was all a test to see if she could get out, not only to see if she could get out so that she could help him, but also to see if she was going to be the problem that the the system is is catching on to. And now he knows that she's not. 
So I did really like that part where at the end you're like, oh, shit, this was all for a purpose, not just, you know, getting in the park. I did have a question about that scene because he, he brings her out um, and he says, I think he says, welcome to my world, the real world. So has he got, is this the actual real world, do you think, or is it another virtual simulation where he's just interacting with her? See, and I really love this question, Ian, because I went back and I told you guys I would. I've watched now the first episode four different times um and i took a lot of notes and i think they there's either two things happening one of two things is happening they've either thrown in some cheeky nods that make you think that you're still in a simulation or in a part of a park because there's the one part where they're in the party at the early part and the the annoying british guy is like we're this how you know meta would it be to have a simulation within a simulation Oh, now we're going inception route. Exactly. So, I mean, but that's, they said that and they've done this before where they've said things that are so fucking on the nose that you ignore it as a joke, but then it comes back and it's true. So as I've watched that, I was like, oh fuck is the whole real world actually just a simulation of some sort. And then the other piece that made me think that is, so when you think back on episode one of Caleb, Caleb, every time you see him, the first part you see him is he wakes up in the morning. And it's, it simulates the hosts in the park. The first two seasons, every time you see a host, it's the start of their loop. And so we're watching his loop. He wakes up in the morning. He goes to work. He finishes work. He goes to the make money motherfuckers site. And then he goes out and does a job. And then he wakes up again. And every time you're watching his loop. Now, that's might be symbolic of the fact that humans are in a loop as well. Not just, it may not be that he's a host. It may just be that he's symbolic. The other part that bothered me about episode one, since we're talking about it, is the switch back and forth to where he and his friend are in military garb, and then they're not. Yeah. It seems very interchangeable, like the memory's kind of fucked. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if that memory of his friend dying is his core memory that all the hosts have that bring them. So like Bernard had his son, Maeve had her daughter, uh, Dolores had her dad. All of those tragic events and the things that happened around those people were their core memories. His memory may be this, his friend getting shot. So now is he a host? Is the whole world. So it really starts to fuck with my head at this point. Well now, yeah, mine's all messed up. I didn't have that problem a second ago and now I do. So thanks. You're welcome. Apologize to the listeners who are now going to have that problem. I don't. Welcome to my world. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, See, that's what's exception. That's one aspect of the show that I don't necessarily enjoy. Cause I feel like it's written by a four year old. Where it's like, and this person's a robot, and this person's a robot, and I bet you can see what's coming next. This person's a robot, and dude, if Sounds I wanted like that kind of furious movie, it totally yeah. If I wanted that kind of cheap writing, I would try to hold a conversation with a three-year-old. Well, and I get what you're saying, and I'm really hoping that Caleb's not a robot, and I'm really hoping that the real world is the real world, and I do think that it is. I think they're just being cheeky. For those of us that are so used to the major twists and turns of who's a who's a host, why are they doing this, why are they doing that, who's not, I think they're leaning into that because that's been such a big part of the show. So I'm really hoping it's not, but you can start to see those similarities. And I really think the reason we see the loops for Caleb is because now he's going to realize that he, while he's not a host, he's now following a host in Dolores, and you know he's he's realizing that they're not that different, and so he wants what she wants. That's my guess, but I wanted to throw those out there because there's a lot of hints that he could be a host, that this whole world could be a simulation. And when you go back to Serac, the fact that he can control her with a button 
made me wonder too, is this within a simulation already? Is he having that safe conversation where he knows at the end of the day he controls the narrative and she doesn't have her powers? Because this freeze motor function shit didn't work on her for the better part of the whole season two and most of season one. So I'm wondering either that's a really cool button that somebody's got to get a hold of when it comes to her besides him or they're within a simulation still just to make sure that he's protected while he's having these negotiations with her. Yeah, for somebody who is so, I don't know what the word is, secretive that people don't even speak his name. Because he's going to come out after him. I could definitely see that he was putting her in a simulation to kind of protect himself. Agreed. His house was badass, though. That was. Very badass. I want it. So, my, I think my favorite part of this episode, besides Maeve, because everybody, I've already told you guys last episode how much I love Maeve. So, I was really happy to see Maeve back. And her just brash, the way she treated, like, she lo- the way she figured everything out, and then the way she treated Serac, yeah, who the fuck are you? Like, I just love that shit. That's Maeve in a nutshell. But I also really enjoyed, more than I thought, the Stubbs and Bernard dynamic. Yeah. That little pairing, I'm really excited to see how that goes. Like, it was really fun, and I was glad to see Stubbs still alive, and just really enjoyed that Hemsworth brother. I'd be okay. I'd be okay watching more of that as long as I never have to watch Stubbs fight someone hand to hand ever again. Like you didn't like the axe, dude. He had an axe and was just like, like bumping into people, like like I don't know, like some fish out of water, and people were just like falling on the ground, and they like chased him down the hall. That was the stupidest fight scene <laughs> I've ever seen. You have one dude versus five guys with assault rifles. This one guy has an axe and somehow he's able to shoot them all off like they're stray dogs in some third world country it's ridiculous this is the stupidest thing i've ever seen see and this is the problem that you run into when you haven't watched the whole remember this is their their boss for two seasons these guys all these security guys Stubbs was the leader of park security or qa for however long he's been there even though he's been a host they didn't know that they thought he was human so when they're looking at him, instead of like the one guy shoots him in the shoulder after he attacks him, but that's because he realized he's helping Bernard. The other guys in the hallway didn't see Bernard. All they saw was the red light and they see their former boss running at them, like, <laughs> and then finally smacking him with an axe. And the other thing is, is he can't kill them. He can't kill humans. That's why he couldn't shoot the guy. Oh, um, I thought he was choosing not to. <laughs> no, he, yeah, he's, st- and no, he might've, because he also, again, he knows yeah. these people, but yeah. at the same time, I think because he's such a slave to his code, like he even said, he goes, I was going to kill myself. He goes, and, and now I'm alive. I came back because you're here and I got to get you off this fucking Island again. That was the last directive. And he tells him, I don't have the same wokeness that you guys have. I don't get rid of that shit. My code was to protect the, the hosts and then be done when I got you off the island. I don't know, man. If my boss bum rushes me with a battle axe, I'm going to shoot him. I just don't think that's a very good argument that he's their boss or their previous boss that's been missing for who knows how long. Yeah, but he hasn't killed anybody. So why do you feel like you need, if you know he's not killing people, I don't think you need to shoot him. That seems aggressive. (laughs) They ran away. (laughs) He's waving an axe at them. That's such a low bar. Like, oh, well, he's not killing people, so uh, carry on, sir. It's ridiculous. Come on, man. It was so funny when they all took off running, and he's like, come on, guys. (laughs) So dumb. It was atrocious. 
I love it. So I did have some questions, though, that I really want answered. I want to know, how did Ciroc get a hold of the pearls in that house? Because you can see that beyond just Maeve's pearl that the robot steals, there's tons of pearls in there, right? So there was a lot. And I think some of them are simulated for that simulation. I don't think, but I don't, I can't assume that she's the only live pearl or former host pearl that's in there because there was a whole stream of those things that she had to go through in the program to find her own. And then when the robot goes, you can see there's a number of those compartments with the pearls in the water. Now there was a lot of hosts in that simulation. So maybe it is all those, Mm -hmm. but I still want to know where he got those pearls. Do you guys think he's the empty seat from the episode one in the boardroom? I thought, I assumed that would be the man in black, but do you guys think it might be Ciroc? Yeah, I assumed it was the man in black. And I was also curious with the pearls, I think Maves was the only one that was white, right? There were a couple in there that were gray or black. And uh-huh. then were, I think I saw at least a couple more that were white, but oh, I wondered okay. if maybe they I were maybe because you had uh, Hector in there who was a former host. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if some of these former hosts, if that's all those, and then maybe like Sizemore is the gray one. Maybe that's the distinguishing between him just being his mind simulation. Yeah. Um, was the gray, I, but I noticed the color difference as well. Okay. Any thoughts, Javier? Yeah, I, I didn't even notice that, to be honest, that he had more pearls. So I have zero thoughts on the matter. He's too focused on the battle axe. Dude, I Javier, think- I love that we're watching this with you because like, and this is not to be offensive and I don't want our listeners to think that I think Javier is an idiot because I don't. I think he does think love I'm an the- idiot. <laughs> Like you watch movies and and what the movies that entertain you are like so just raw entertainment. Like it's just like we went back and you, you know, you rank the town at the same that you did White House down. And to me, that's a travesty. But to you, it's just how much do you enjoy a show and a movie on its surface? And I love so my my mother-in-law calls herself a water skeeter. Like she likes to skim the surface, right? Yeah, I get that. And then she's like, she calls me and Casey and all like a couple of other people. Like we're like these deep thinkers. We're like those deep sea fish that are down swimming around in the murky waters and don't know what the hell we're doing and trying to figure everything out. She goes, and I just enjoy being a water skeeter. And I think of Javier in the most lovable way possible as just a, an entertainment water skeeter. And it, so it makes me happy to look at. <laughs> When you talk about the things that you didn't notice and you don't care about, you're just looking for the fun of this shit. I'm like, God, maybe I overthink this fucking shit too much. Yeah, I was going to say, like, maybe I'm paying attention to all the wrong things. Because I spent a good two minutes talking about the dude with the battle axe. (laughs) And, like, full full disclosure, I still don't get Inception. Like, not. I've seen it, like, three times. I I still don't really get what happened there. So maybe you're right, man. I, I I think I am, and I like I said, I the more we watch movies together and we talk about movies together, I'm like, I have started to figure out what movies you're going to enjoy and what movies you're not, and it's just like, it's like your love of Jurassic Park, man. It, that is a water skeeter movie. There's nothing deep about it. There's no thought hey, process that hey, needs to go into it. Watch it's yourself. just fucking entertaining, right? And I I love Jurassic Park. I I bust your chops a lot, but I do enjoy it because it is entertaining. Now we got he's he has you talking about Jurassic Park, JJ. I know. <laughs> we got two of them this time, baby. What's up? <laughs> success, sir. Success. So yeah, that was my big questions. I I really want to know how he got a hold of those pearls, and I and I want to know now if he's the empty seat because there was a part where they talked about a Costa Rican company in season two. There were some conversations. It was kind of hit and miss about a Costa Rican company acquiring maybe trying to buy out delos at least the park part of it and 
I did notice as well in my second watching that in the house that Sirach's at, all of the messages, all of the conversations that are happening over like the loudspeaker are in Spanish. Hmm. And so I'm wondering if that's this Costa Rican area, um, if inside at least where he's, you know, managing insight from is that Costa Rican place that was trying to maybe acquire Delos. Maybe that happened in the 90 days since the slaughter because of everything that happened, or I know they're trying to go private. Maybe they aren't. I don't know, but that was kind of my thought. I was wondering maybe if that was the chair, I still think it's the man in black because uh, he was part of the board originally. And if they're trying to go private, that would, I don't think someone like Ciroc, if he bought into the board would allow them to go private. Those are a lot of deep thoughts, JJ. Dude, I know I have that's this show does this to me. It it just does. I was just thinking how I was like disappointed that I didn't get to see this futuristic world and more of Caleb and Dolores yeah. and yeah. kind Let's of what was there. going on from the last episode. Like and now I have to wait another week to figure out more about what was going on there. And you know, my big question not... is Oh, sorry, Ian. No, go ahead. My bad. Oh no, I was just gonna say I can't wait to see who the the person that she replaced, oh, I'm blanking on his name. The, oh, the security guy? The security guy that she replaced. I really want to know who that is, but go ahead, Javier. Oh, I was going to say, my big question is, why did Maeve stab that guard in the eye with the pill? Does that do more damage to his eye? You know, she takes it out of her pocket and she just jabs it in his eye socket. Is that like poison damage? Or poison, He's now poisoned and yeah. it's like... Yeah. Yeah, it's an like, hit points like every right. few seconds or something yeah, like that. Yeah, like slowed movement Damage speed. <laughs> this is War World. Right. I'm just wondering, well, why did she shove the, the pill at his well, eye? I mean, it is a cyanide pill. And, he, you know, and Hector does say it will work instantly if you take it, obviously, by mouth. And you shove it in his eye. It's <laughs> still going to enter his bloodstream. I mean, it was an ultra-violent way to do it. but And it was weird choice. But I mean... Yeah. It worked. I feel like it would have been just as effective to use your thumb. And yeah. Your thumb yeah. through the eye. Sure. But I think that goes back to, and this was the point I guess I was trying to make with all of these disappointments that I had with the shitty writing in this simulation, it all comes back to that's because they're shitty writers. Like, <laughs> no, it's seriously not the show writers. They're just that bad. <laughs> yeah. The people that have created this simulation, and, and I'm torn on whether or not they did it on purpose because they want Maeve to catch on that this is bullshit to see how she reacts and how she gets out of it. But I was watching it, and I'm telling you, the first two times until she goes into the forge, I'm watching this going, what the fuck happened to, to my writers? Because these guys have been great. Jonathan and Joy have been amazing throughout the, through these two episodes, these two seasons. And the writing in the first season episode was great. I'm like, what the hell happened? She's shoving shit in people's eyes. They don't hear her. She's running by on a, on a cobblestone walkway. They take a convertible fucking car to the fucking airstrip. Are you shitting me right now? Like, I'm just watching all these things going, this is pissing me off. And then when you realize they've created this thing haphazardly to test her, I think the shitty, the writing was shitty on purpose. So when I look at her shoving a pill in a dude's eye, it's like, that was a weird choice, but there's got to be some coding in there to get her through that storyline. Yeah, but doesn't she have like full control of her faculties? Isn't that her thing? Yes, but she did lose some level of her powers, and you don't know how much. No, so I mean, she, she only lost her powers because they weren't actual hosts. They were they were just in like a digital simulation, right? Correct. There was no real code. There was no body for them her to control. She was just in a simul- simulation. So you're saying that a- because she was just in a simulation, she didn't have full control over herself? Like she could still no, be think- coded to do things? I think she did, but I think there's a level of... There's a level of 
could it possibly be that she doesn't have the same level of understanding as she did? I don't think that's the full case, but I think you have to consider that. I think the the pill in the eye was just for shock factor. I really think that's what yeah, it was shockingly there bad. For. Yeah, like why even have the pills? Just poke yep. the guy in the eye. Yeah. Both eyes. I don't care. Both eyes. Yeah. Double thumb. It's because she needed two pills and she only had one. That's why she only got one eye. <laughs> so they, they should have they should have each done an eye because there was two pills. That's right. So they should they have each done an eye and they got both of them. That's a good point. They should have double teamed that one dude and then gone and after then the other two. they could have like two. swung around back to back and folded their arms like they're pretty cool. Well, they needed more pills to kill the other two guys. It's just complicated. <laughs> Okay, can I can I shit on one more thing for you, JJ? Sure, of course. Just, just one more thing, and I know you're going to throw this into, oh, it's just a simulation as an excuse for shitty writing, but I don't think it's an excuse. So you know the part where she's like, what's the square root of negative one? And it like glitches the system, and, and Lee Sizemore's like, fuck me. And she's like, not likely, darling. I was like, oh my gosh, that is the wor- that is as bad as Bloodshot's six-inch joke. That was an atrocious joke. That was in. I'm embarrassed for these writers. That was so bad. <laughs> sounds like a. It sounds like a Javier joke a little bit, doesn't it? <laughs> Say, sounds like Javier wrote the joke. Yeah, right? I'm, and I'm not a professional writer. That's why I'm so embarrassed for these guys. Here's the sad part. Like I know I groaned at the six inch joke in Bloodshot, but it was for me. It's not. It wasn't necessarily the joke itself. I think in the right context, that joke could have been funny, but it was so forced in that movie. In this show, I actually laughed out loud at this situation that you're talking about. Like when he, when she throws that thing and he realizes that she's not wrong and he's not real and he's like, oh, fuck me. Like I laughed so hard. Now her joke was kind of stupid. Like the whole not likely darling, but that it's a very Mave thing to say. I won't, I won't argue too much with you on that one. It, I could see where you would look at that as a shitty joke. I just think your standards have been lowered for Westworld, man. You know, the old JJ would have crucified that joke, but for some reason, Westworld's got you wrapped around their finger, man. Well, they do. I mean, I won't deny that either. (laughs) They do. (laughs) I I won't deny that. However, I am critical of things in Westworld. There are things in it. Like, I feel like the whole Maeve thing, I feel like they woke her up one too many times. I, I feel like the getting from Maeve waking up the first time to the Forge... I feel like you were a little long in that. They could have they could have cut a little bit back from that. Maybe cut some of that. Had a scene in the real world where they got you a little wet your whistle a little bit for next episode with bringing Dolores and Caleb back. I think they could have done something like that instead of I think what was it three or four times they had her wake up and at yeah, least yeah, three times at least three where she had to talk to Hector. So I definitely think there was some over a little bit overdone. However, I told Ian I and I may have said it on this podcast. But I was afraid that they were going to drag this shit out for two at least two or three episodes when she didn't have her powers. Cause in previous seasons, one, this is only eight episodes. There's only eight episodes this season instead of 10 previous episodes. This would have been at least a two episode arc where we're following Maeve trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. So I love that they condensed it down into three quarters of an episode instead of a full couple of episodes, which I really feel like this would have been a storyline in the previous two seasons that they drug out forever. That's a good point, actually, because my main complaint about the first season was just it was so long and it was like they took forever to get to certain points. So that is true. I'm really glad that they wrapped that up in this episode. Yeah. And I am. I'm glad that there's only eight episodes. I think 
it forces them to condense things that they might feel like in their haughty writing in the past that 10 episodes allows them to stretch shit out that doesn't need to be stretched out. So I'm excited about eight episodes. I'm sad and excited at the same time. I'm always for more episodes of Westworld because they do have me wrapped around their finger. I'm, I won't lie. I'm thoroughly obsessed with the show, but I feel like it'll be even better in eight episodes because it has, it forces them to condense some things they might've stretched out in the past. I have a question for you guys. I was thinking about this. If you had to choose, you can only pick one. Would you pick Westworld, Wizard World, War World, or apparently Samurai World without the W? I don't know why all the others have W's, but Samurai World. It's, it's Shogun World. It's still an S. I know. Oh, <laughs> Anyways. But it, no, you, you're, you're compelled to only pick one. Which one would you pick? That's the only one you can go and see. That's a good question. I'll let Javier answer first. Oh, War World. I would be capping Nazis left and right. Sometimes I was thinking, <laughs> I think I was born in the wrong time because if I could go like Inglorious Bastards on some Nazis, I would totally do that. Man. So I would pay money to go relive that. To go relive that? I mean, I didn't live it in the first place, but I mean, like, okay. <laughs> it was like I, reincarnated. As I just, Javier. I really think I would have been a great Nazi hunter. I really do. <laughs> I love the reasoning behind it. Yeah. So I think the war world thing is interesting because it, it assumes that it's not just World War II. So in in my head, I think, you know, you're kind of getting more bang for your buck almost with war world. Because if, you know, and I don't know, but that's what it seemed like with the name war world. I would assume that it's not just one war, war right? Mm. So I think that would be cool. The fact that you could maybe bounce around in between different wars. But I still think the original Westworld for me, just because I really have always been kind of obsessed with like old Westerns, those movies back in the day. I really enjoyed those like Good, the Bad and the Ugly, the like all of that shit. I love old Westerns. So I think I'd, ha- I'd probably choose actual Westworld. I really I-, I know that I'm the one that asked this question, but I don't know if I have a solid answer. Um, Dang, that's really hard. I think you do part of me in, want- in Shogun World. Oh, you would you would do great as a little little Japanese samurai. A little <laughs> me my six one figure. Yeah. <laughs> I'd really stick great. out. <laughs> you would, oh, shoot. Just think no, how well I, you would do. You could just keep everyone at arm's length. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> oh shoot. Leave it to Javier. Yep. Leave it to Javier. No, if it if I was just exploring a world, like if I was going if I was going in for what Westworld kind of is, I think I would pick Shogun World. If I was going in for go crazy, go ham, almost like a PUBG situation, then I'd definitely do War World. But. So there was another one that, that I know you probably missed because you didn't watch season two. You just watched the recap mm-hmm. and they didn't touch on it. At the beginning of season two, the man in black's daughter is in like an Indian world. So like oh, she's on a right. safari with elephants and a tiger. And I forgot about that till we <laughs> that, were just sitting there talking about it. It doesn't like, sway my decision. No, just, it, just so everybody's aware. I just, I, like I fucking love tigers. <laughs> I think they're fucking amazing. So I was riding an elephant, hanging out in a tiger. I was like, that's pretty fucking cool. And they were hunting tigers is what they were doing, at least in the beginning of the episode. That would probably be really popular with like dentists, especially if all <laughs> the tigers for, or lions were named like Cecil, you know? But you'd sell tickets like crazy. It's a hell of a callback there, Javier. <laughs> Thanks. It was like almost a decade decade ago, I think. Really? It's been that long? Yeah. What happened so. to that guy? I don't know. Probably nothing. It's not like he did actually anything illegal. Didn't he, though? No, they sold him. People out in that area sold him the right to shoot the ty- the lion. 
Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, never mind. It, That's wrong. It took me till now to figure out what you guys were talking about. It's been that long. Yeah, it's been a while. Wow. Yeah. Like the little throwback. I'm full of those, by the way. I know. Yeah, I, you are. Especially when it comes to Jurassic Park references. <laughs> I could do that all day. We're up to three now, guys. God, I know. It was Ian that brought this one up. <laughs> I feel like it's synonymous with Javier at this point. So I've actually been working become, really hard to make that. I think it's become just like name. a running joke in our podcast at this point. If there's <laughs> yeah. not, if there's not a Jurassic Park, it's not really a what's our verdict podcast anymore. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's just like. <laughs> you were successful, Javier. I did it. One hundred percent successful. He gets this right up for you, there Steven. with JJ being a rewatcher. That's true. <laughs> Not a fucking rewatcher. You watched <laughs> the first episode How four many? times. Shut up. <laughs> and this one twice. And it would have been three times if it wasn't so damn late and I wasn't working today. So, all right. Well, I think we've talked this episode into the ground, plus a lot of fun little side topics that it took us down. So I'm pretty excited. Are you guys excited for, I know, so they show we'll be going back to the modern world. I'm excited to see a little bit more about what's going on with Ciroc and Maeve. I really cannot wait to see Stubbs and Bernard in the real world. Shit's going to be entertaining. And then Caleb should be back. Looks like he's 100% in with with Dolores at this point. I can't wait to see her kill all those EMTs, too. That looks brutal as shit. Stubbs and Bernard sounds like an 80s police action movie. It does. (laughs) Like right up with Starsky and Hutch. You know what I'm talking about? Stubbs and Bernard. Stubbs and Bernard, man. That's going in our uh, episode notes right there. Yeah. Stubbs and Bernard, the new dynamic duo. Yeah. So we're right along with Lethal Weapon. All right, gentlemen. Well, Javier, why don't you tell them where they can find us? All right. Let me tell you where you can find us. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and like Stitcher, and like a shit ton of other ones. Is that about it? Find fine podcast. You can also find us on social media at Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and you can search What's Our Verdict or What's Our Verdict TV, which is our sister podcast. Or if you want to add that little personal touch to it, you can email us at hosts at what's our verdict.com. How was awesome. that, JJ? That was perfect, Tavia. Yeah, I love it. it. You can also go to our sister podcast, What's Our Verdict, which we talk about movies, new movies. We compare movies, uh, a couple of different series there. So check that out as well. You can find that one at whatsourverdict.com. You can find this one at whatsourverdictv.com. Share with a friend. That's how we help you help grow the podcast. And um, we definitely want to hear from you. So thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye-bye now.